Welcome to Questions About Heaven, a podcast about giving Bible answers to our questions about the afterlife with God. Each week we seek to answer real-life questions with biblical answers about the life beyond this world. Now, here's your host, Brad Zockel. And good morning to you. This is Brad Zocco, and I am here in the barn, the barn studio here in upcountry South Carolina. I do appreciate you joining me here as we continue to talk about heaven. We talk about the God of heaven, Jesus Christ's way to heaven, the resurrection body, and the, the horizon of the celestial kingdom, Revelation, the book of Revelation, end times, all of these things when we talk about what happens beyond this life. And we're dedicated to doing that on this podcast. Today, I'm going to uh, bypass the Revelation 16 talk and get into something that's kind of in the guts of Revelation 16, a real powerful question that you may have seen in the title. But I'm going to, first of all, just let you know, I really do appreciate so much the opportunity to be with you and see you face-to-face. This weekend, in just about 24 hours, I'm going to be on the road again, heading up to Easton, Maryland, and I'll be speaking at the second Heaven is Home conference. The conglomerate of churches, as it were, uh, about five churches have gotten together under the direction of organizer Ron Rosales and have asked me to come up for the second year to the Heaven is Home conference, and this year it'll be at Talbot Community Center, Talbot Community Center in Easton, Maryland, starts at 5 o'clock in the evening, and then the next day it will continue on. I believe it's going to be about 8 in the morning, and the second day is a solid Q&A time. We're going to have a very, very powerful uh, meeting here as we go into the scriptures. I uh, just am so excited about being up there with my dear friends in Easton, Maryland. That is October 21st and October 22nd. Now, you must know there is no cost. There's no registration. You just come on in. You can come in for 15 minutes. You can come in for two hours. Come for the whole weekend. It's fine. It's absolutely wonderful that uh, this would be an opportunity for us to be able to get together. Now, that evening, October 22nd, then I will be going across the Delmarva Peninsula. I mean, this is in the Chesapeake Bay area. I'll go across the Delmarva Peninsula, and I will be in Salisbury, Maryland. That evening, 6 o'clock in the evening, Eastern Standard Time, I will be with Faith Baptist Church of Salisbury under Pastor Reinhardt. And uh, it's going to be 6 o'clock, and we'll be talking about the rewards of the believer in heaven. Looking at the scriptural passages there, and very much looking forward to a time of having a Q&A afterward and getting to meet you if you're up in the Chesapeake Bay area. Then Wednesday, I'll be back in South Carolina, and I'm going to head on over to Malden, M-A-U-L-D-I-N, Malden, South Carolina, near Spartanburg, and I will be at the restaurant. Owner Jesse Canty said, come on and use the entire restaurant. It's all open for us. It, it, the name of the restaurant, barbecue place, Smoke and Wings, Smoke and Wings, and we will have our meeting time at 6 p.m. I invite you to join me there. Looking forward to it very much. We will have our Bible study on heaven and then a Q&A once again. Smoke and Wings, and that is located in Malden, South Carolina. Then the next Sunday after that, October 29th, I will be back in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. I think this is my fourth time at Oak Ridge Baptist Church on Bethel Valley Road. And very excited about being there. Hope to see you if you're in the East Tennessee area. Oak Ridge, Tennessee is about 
oh, I'm going to say about a dozen miles uh, outside of Knoxville, Tennessee. So looking forward to that morning and evening service under the guidance of Pastor Bobby McCoy. I'll be uh, just very, very happy to be able to present our Heaven Tour uh, meeting time. If you are looking for our books, maybe to give to somebody for Christmas time, the two books that we have available are What is Heaven All About? And then the second book is Heaven, the Adventure Begins. They're both available on Amazon. You are more than welcome to go into there and use the Kindle if you'd like to. The Kindle uh, purchase is also there, and any purchase of books helps our ministry appreciate you so much. So let's get into our talk today and uh, get right into the scriptures here. Looking. Oh, by the way, don't forget, if you'd like to see our website, it is theheaventour.com, C-O-M, the, T-H-E, heaventour.com. And the questions I've been posting on TikTok are all on there. Uh, there's a video under Heaven Questions. You put in a keyword, and then all the videos I've made, I believe we've logged so far about 400 of our videos on there. And you can see that, and also a tour map of where I'll be traveling and speaking, too. So, the question came up, and I thought it was very appropriate because we're in the middle of talking about the judgments and the wrath of God against the satanic forces, against the rebellious. And over on one of the social media in which I teach on weekday mornings, someone had posted a very, very good question and said, listen, whenever Lucifer had rebelled, why didn't God, if, if, if heaven is all forgiving, why didn't God forgive him? Great question. Let's talk about that. I mean, if God's supposed to be this forgiving God, well, who's this entity? Is this another person that came along, wanted to be in charge? Well, no, obviously you know that Lucifer then became known as Satan. Well, he has a number of names. Uh, he is a, an angel who is now a fallen angel, then is in, under the category of a demon. He is very, he has numerous names. Satan itself when you see it, Romans chapter 16, verse 20, will give you the uh, one of the references to this. The word Satan means adversary or enemy. It's a very clear meaning. Uh, the term devil means slanderer. You can find that in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. He is a slanderer. You have the formal name of Lucifer, and when you look at the rebellion that is uh, talked about, and prophesied, uh, well, not even prophesied, just talked about in uh, the discussion, you'll see in Isaiah chapter 14 is where, when somebody asks you, where is that where, you know, uh, Satan fell from heaven? Where was where he kicked out, so to speak? That would be Isaiah chapter 14, the chapter. And in verse 12, it specifically calls him Lucifer. And he has other names too. Um, Revelation chapter 12 and verse 9 calls him the serpent. All right, and so you have him that is known as uh, John chapter 12 and verse 31, John chapter 16 and verse 11. He's known as the prince of this world. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4 calls him the God of the world. And here's an especially creepy title to him, uh, given to him. Ephesians 2 and verse 2 calls him the prince of the power of the air. Now, in there, he has been given, allowed the leash to be able to dominate things here. Uh, God has allowed him this time to be able to go into rebellion. Uh, First uh, John chapter 5 and verse 19, uh, John tells us that the whole world lies in the wicked one. He's the deceiver. 
uh, in this. And so during this time, the question is, well, what in the world, or may I say this, what in the entire universe happened that you had this one who was full of wisdom and perfect in beauty, as it says in Ezekiel chapter 28 and verse 14. As a matter of fact, Ezekiel chapter 28 is also the other, you can link that into Isaiah 14. It talks about uh, Lucifer, Satan, being thrown out of heaven. Jesus makes a reference in Luke chapter 10 about seeing uh, Lucifer being cast down, but the two specific passages in giving the detail of him and his fall are found in Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel chapter 28. Now, it's important to understand, angels have free will as well as the, the uh, human race. The, the choice to do good or bad is obviously found. You see that uh, Satan was not the only one that had made this decision and was taken out of heaven. Uh, Revelation chapter 12 intimates that a third of the angels also followed him into destruction. They're now known as, besides being demons, they're known as fallen angels. So you see this. Well, what exactly happened? Well, Isaiah chapter 14, verses 13 and 14, he said, not only an announcement verbally, but also a heart intent, if you want to use that term, uh, he said, I will ascend into heaven. This is Lucifer talking. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will be like the most high. And so during this, God had already given him an esteemed position among the angels and Within that, he was fully aware of God's intent in the creation of man, and something here got into him that he didn't want to see this. His pride, obviously, we see this, he wanted more than what he had. He was given the, once again, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. He's not an idiot. He knew full well what is going on. He was made aware of God's plans to a point here, perfect in beauty, but he wanted more. Have you ever met anybody like that who is not satisfied with where they are, even though they have an exalted position way above us financially, physically, socially, but they want more? There is what one writer said, an intense personal pride in this. And then for Lucifer to say, wait, you're talking about another race that could step in to the relationship that we angels have with you. You are saying that they would have an intimacy with you that would be in competition with my position. I can't have this. Resentment starts setting in. Well, then, when, with, with all of this, I, I could do better. Now, that's the only way I can tell you, you know, it, it, in my limited thinking here. God has taken care of all of this and everything seems fine with the angelic realm and creation. We see in Job chapter 38 and verse 7 that the angels were actually applauding God in creation. And then it could very well be that Lucifer said, well, what is this adding this other bothersome race here? Well, wait a minute. I could do better. I'll be God myself. And so with that, with Satan trying to do this, he was under judgment. And we see that his intent is also to make everybody worship him. We have talked about that in Revelation chapter 13. The world will worship the dragon. 
he's in rebellion. So, this begs the question, if he made a mistake, as some people will say, and indeed it's not a mistake, but let's go with what some people will say. If he has made this mistake here, if he's had this downfall, this problem, why didn't God say, well, you know something? We have a bit of a problem here. You know, Houston, we're, we, we, we have a problem, but let's, let's see if we can't uh, take this and get this back under control. You know, Lucifer, you messed up, but I think that we can get something, you know, straightened out here. Well, why can't that happen? If God is all forgiving, then why doesn't he forgive Satan? Do you know why? Because it's just like with us. If I go out and I am totally unrepentant in a theft, in something worse, in harm to people, and I'm brought before the courts, you have seen this many times in videotaped uh, court proceedings, and the judge says, I'm watching you to the accused, and you show no remorse. You have never apologized. You said they're smirking. Therefore, the sentence is going to be more harsh. Things along that line, even in the secular world. So to, to give you an idea, well, here's the thing. Satan hasn't asked for forgiveness. We see nowhere in the scriptures that Satan has asked. Said he's sorry. The idea of uh, having God's mercy is an affront to his pride. So the very simple answer to start us off with is that Satan has no design to be forgiven. He doesn't want to be. He doesn't want to be reestablished in his uh, original state there in any way. So one of the clearest answers is he never asked for forgiveness. He doesn't want for for want forgiveness. We see all the way through up until his final demise and incarceration permanently in Revelation chapter 20, there is not one spot of repentance, of sorrow, of understanding of what he's doing. And so that's the big thing. Think about it, how he has developed and put more in depth his evil intent, everything. Revelation chapter 2 and verse 10 says he openly persecutes the Christians. Uh, it tells us that he is constantly, Zechariah chapter 3, verses 1 and 2 says he's constantly going after Christians, accusing them. That's why one of his names is the accuser. And he can even go so far as Second uh, Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 9 He'll even go so far as to confuse people with things that can't be explained in the human realm. Uh, wonders, uh, you know, uh, quote-unquote miracles. He'll do that to deceive. So if some people, when people will tell me, hey, listen, you know, I mean, this seemed to be above something that is above the human realm, so it must be blessed of God. We don't always see that. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 9 gives us a very clear instruction here that Satan will do things uh, it says that when he comes, the activity of him will be with power and false signs and wonders and wonders. Always remember John eight forty four. he is a liar. He is the father of lies. You see nothing here of him stopping, hesitating in this race of evil and saying, you know, I'm doing wrong. Maybe I can get things right with the Lord. Nothing's there. He is not asked for it. So this also brings to mind when people will say this, why doesn't God forgive everybody? Well, you're making a choice. You have a free will. You have the, the, uh, the mind, the heart, to choose right or to choose wrong. 
And how many of us, even as Christians, as it says in Romans chapter 7, there are things that we want to do and we don't do them, and things that we want to stay away from, we end up doing. And even as Paul says, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of sin? And so we realize we're in a battle, but then we see this, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, I'm in the barn right now, and when I walk in, Everything that has been done by powers much greater than me has made it possible for this place to be illuminated. But I have to hit the switch. That's one of the ways I can use an illustration on this. I have to make the decision to illuminate the barn. All right? And when we had 30-degree weather just the other day, I had to choose to arrange the heaters in here in this section and to bring some heat into here. It's there. Uh, all of the machinery is there, the different space heaters and such here, but I have to activate them. God's mercy and his forgiving ways are there, but the believer, but, but the person to, in order to become a believer, understands that Jesus has died as a sacrifice to sin, Romans chapter 6 and verse 10, that he has been that one sacrifice against that condemning sin. Uh, we have Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12. But we must make the decision. We must make the decision. And Satan will not, cannot, has not, and has no desire to make that decision. So that would be the easiest way to answer it. There is nothing there. As a matter of fact, Revelation chapter 20 says, and when the thousand years are ended, Satan's released in prison. Don't you think after a thousand years, earth years, he would say, okay, I kind of got the idea. Well, what happens? The first thing that happens is, it says, he will come out and continue. He will deceive the nations around the world and actually gather them for battle. The reception to his rebellious nature is so much, you can't count the rebellion, the rebellious ones that have come through the millennium, even with the, the beauty of what you might call heaven on earth, like the sand of the sea, it says. They're actually going to go they're going to march across the plain of the earth, surround the beloved city, New Jerusalem, and then God says, enough is enough. And so the judgment then comes. So I think we get an idea of God's mercy, God's love, as we've studied through the weeks, but also God's justice. And great is the praise to the Lord in places like Revelation 15 and Revelation chapter 5, especially when we see that in Revelation chapter 10 and verse 6, the angel says, the delay is over. Judgment is going to come. We cry for uh, uh, God's justice all the way through. As the martyrs did in Revelation chapter 6, it will come through there. And Satan, in his rebellion, has no desire to be forgiven or to move from his ways. I hope that helps out. There's much I, more I could say, but I'm going to conclude now and move on into some morning classes here. Hey, if you'd like to, every weekday morning, I am teaching over on TikTok at 8.30 in the morning Eastern Standard Time till 9.25, and then we move everybody on over who wants to come over to YouTube Live, and that is from 9.30 in the morning until 10.30. And questions and answers and different uh, teachings uh, on there on heaven. And so we have just a wonderful time. I want to thank you for joining me. If you would like to help out our ministry, then please uh, go over to our theheaventour.com, take a look, 
And if there's a way, we are a 501c3 organization, and any gift helps me in my travels, takes care of the different things that we're doing here and reaching out and helping teach in the different classes and things like that. There's much more I want to say, as I said, but I'm going to have to get on down the pike here and get some more work done. This is Brad Zockel. Thank you so much for joining me today, and Lord willing, we'll talk soon. Thanks for joining us this week on Questions About Heaven with Brad Zockel of the Zulon International Bible Institute. Be sure to visit our website, zulon.org, to learn more about our Bible ministry. That's xulon.org. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. And keep an eye out for our upcoming ebook, Questions About Heaven. Thanks, God bless you, and have a great day.